Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Punching Out. I'm Noah, and this week I'm joined by Lou. Hey, guys. And Alfred. Hello. And we're back with another installment of Human Resentments. If you're unfamiliar, uh, what happened basically is that through some confluence of events, I ended up on a listserv for human resources emails a couple years ago, and I trawl them for which ones are particularly stupid and or evil. And then we spend an hour dunking on them. We, we've had three installments of the series already, but I didn't think that, that we'd ever get to a fourth. But then something came into my inbox that I decided made it really worth it to start putting some of these together. But we'll get there. Can't it, wait. Yeah. Why do you get these? Because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I mean, how it did you get on fate, that? Noah. Very carefully. I uh, honestly don't know. Just with the amount of these you've read, you are already qualified to run an HR department. That's the worst thing point. you have ever said to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. so we've talked about this topic before, but we think it would be very beneficial, especially if you haven't heard any of the previous Human Resentments episodes, to onboard you as the listener. The similarity of onboarding to waterboarding has gone <laughs> yep. remarkable That's, on. Yes. But uh, this time we've got onboarding best practices, how to turn your new hires into great employees. And, uh, y'all, what are some particularly good bullet points we got going here? First, I do think we should mention that the, the onboarding just sounds so much like brainwashing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're basically the same process. Yeah. Yep. You're sat in front of a table and you get to see a lot of videos and they <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, that you don't pay mindless any paperwork. Yeah. yeah. It is basically onboarding <laughs> exactly the same as a clockwork orange. I, I worked for the same place over a few like I, I left and I came back a few years later and the first time I worked there I had a two day orientation and a long onboarding process. The second time I came back I had half a day for all of it. They just crammed everything in. Um, but a, a lots of I had to check more boxes. Literally, I had to sign and check that I've. Did you read this? Did you understand? I think we'll come to why later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> no. Okay. So in this email, it's there are some really special bullet points. I love the understand the five key components of best practices onboarding program. We're, we're back to the whole the thing four C's. The, yeah. <laughs> the four the C's. The five best practices. <laughs> the four C. We're back to the martial arts thing. The five yes. metrics. The five deadly metrics. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> compliance, clarification, culture, and connection. The Game. fact that compliance is first is already. Hilarious. Oh, gamification is yes. it? Yes. Gamification <laughs> of Thrones. Why I have gamification. <laughs> <laughs> My current mm-hmm. position, gamification, comes up as oh, a thing. It comes up for <laughs> everyone. At my, because, at my workplace, we got a new payroll system this year that you uh, can award people points and badges. Oh yeah, the badges are the badges mm, are the badges so are a great. thing. The the system that we have in my workplace. I teach. Yeah, badges are a big thing, yep. and, and students are constantly asking me, you know, when are you going to finally start implementing those? And I'm like, 
it, it's not <clears throat> it's not worth anything. No, you get that right. I've yeah. taken a training on badging micro credentials. Oh my god! And, <gasps> yeah, nobody actually cares about them at all. It's no, it's a, absolutely it's, not. I, I don't even. I think I think what we're doing wrong is that they're virtual. If you could do like <laughs> Give me a real wanna, badge, what you have to do is like the military get a metal bar with all of your HR I would badges. One hundred percent wear that oh. every day. Exactly. Oh, it'll be like it'll be like working at you know Fridays or something. Flare. That's the word. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I I, I don't really want to count how many bullet points because I don't care that much. But there mm-hmm. are, at a quick glance, there are four of the I don't know sixteen or whatever that. Deal directly with millennials. millennials. Capital M. Capital millennials. M yes. millennials. Which <laughs> that's again, really important for for the listener who is confused about what millennials are. These are grown adults from the ages of twenty three to thirty five. Mm-hmm. As in people who have people, been in the workforce for <laughs> probably a decade. But still, we have the eight tips for enhancing millennial onboarding. Nurturing millennials from the start. Quickly Nurturing. getting millennials to the... Millennials yeah. are plants now. <laughs> I wish. I find it contradictory because I'm not quite sure how I would nurture somebody purposely because of some kind of description of them. Like, you're a millennial there. I, I feel right. like that's almost mm-hmm. almost harassment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not like millennials that we aren't the largest um, population group behind baby boomers. <laughs> well, May they... How does quickly getting them us. quickly getting them to their full potential? Like I, I think I don't know. I think what does their full potential reading. mean? They're old. Like quickly getting them to a state of obsolescence and misery. Can't wait. The misery, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. but but I mean I think you're not giving them enough credit because look, and as millennials become a driving force in the workplace, <laughs> they represent special opportunities <laughs> and challenges. Every generation has unique needs, and millennials are no different. Uh, we but need a job that pays well. Practices, yeah, but Ooh. this is the weird. <laughs> this is the weird bit to me. But good onboarding practices for millennials is generally good for everyone. Okay, first of all, Agreement. are yeah. generally good for everyone. <laughs> Agreed. This is going to be a theme. But second of all, so we don't have unique needs. It would actually just be good if you treated us like you should treat right. employees in right. general. Okay, so so there's many things that are really irritating me the more I think about it, which is probably why we should move on after I'm done. Um, so one... Millennials are, are, you know, special people who are not grown adults, again, who are in their 30s, like mid to late 30s at this Mm -hmm. point, who have worked for a long time and have salary needs like everybody else. The solution to getting us to stay at our jobs would just be to pay us better and do that. Like that's that's the solution. (laughs) Boom. Mm. Problem solved. Yeah. The the theme you're going to see throughout the emails that we're going to deal with in this first segment is basically that employers, uh, bosses will do every they will bend over backwards and sideways <laughs> to do anything possible, anything but pay their workers. Yeah. That that's the yeah. one thing you can't do. Yeah. And they will dismiss any conversation where you bring up that as an incentive. And they'll say things like, oh, there's no evidence that uh, higher salary ret- is good for retention. Meanwhile, you know. I always offer, I respond and say, well, let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> In the interest of good research, let's have a let's control group. A One group that is science. getting paid a lot of money, 
a, a, more than just the bare minimum, and another group that gets paid what you give them. And let's see three years from now who's happier, more well performing. Well, speaking et cetera. of three years, there, Alfred, <laughs> right. I love this line. In fact, formal onboarding increases the chance of keeping a new employee for at least three years by sixty nine percent. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you're onboarded, and um, as Lou mentioned, you know they could just pay you better. That that could do it. It's, Crazy thought. You know, for me, a good example of this, because everybody loves to compare teaching now to coaching. Like a good teacher should be like a good football coach. And it's stupid. You mean the highest paid employee of the state? Thank you. There we go. But that's what I was about to say. If Uh Nick Saban were getting paid what I'm getting paid, he would not still be at Alabama. He would be coaching somewhere else that would actually pay him money. Nobody tells a football coach, you need to really be more like a public school teacher. Yeah. You'll never hear that. Yeah, it's almost like there's an innate respect that we associate with sports coaches that we don't with teachers. Hmm, what might this say about American culture? Anyway. Anyway. So instead of paying you more, what they can also just do is this thing called a stay interview. Hmm. This one has a pre-heading. I didn't know that this was a thing, but above the actual big purple font that is the actual (laughs) title, it says, don't Don't lose." lose... your best ones. Don't loose them. Yeah, it's not lose, it's loose. <laughs> like, don't release them into the wild. Don't let them, yeah, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't, don't let them off the leash. Um, you know, they tell you, if you love somebody, let them go. Well, it is a stay interview. I mean, what yeah. a better, what, you know. Yeah, pre- precisely. <laughs> so what's a stay interview, Noah? Uh, it's okay, a powerful so. engagement and retention tool. <laughs> yes. According because to Because apparently 25% of your top talent Plans to jump ship in the next year. The results for engagement and effort are even more alarming since about a third of employees surveyed admit to phoning it in at work. Uh, wait, oh, a third? No. They're lying. They are so lying. Number one. Yeah. Number two, there is no way that's how the question is phrased. Right. right. Are you phoning I, it in at work? Yeah, <laughs> that's not how it is. It's something like... It comes on a note. Hi, I'm your boss. Check yes yeah. or no. Yeah. <laughs> It's some it's some BS Likert scale that says like there are days when I could be making more of an exactly. effort, yeah, or yeah, something like that. Yes, but uh, so oh, I want to give this survey to my team. I want to find this. Right? Ask, are you phoning it in? I just assume they're phoning it in. When I have meetings with them, I just say I know you're phoning it in most of the time. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just Whatever. do the, when the one time I ask like, you for something, just do it. I don't care what you do for the remainder of the ninety nine percent of your time. It's almost like work <laughs> as an institution is a little bit. Uh, yes. Just a teeny bit. Just a teeny bit. Oh, but there's so... All right, we never decided what's a stay interview, so... Well, I don't don't think they tell you. Right, okay, but let's talk about other things that they talk about. So there's excellent interviews, which you've quit. Why did you quit? I don't understand. But they don't want to hear why. Yeah. Right. Well, Well, I don't know. It's to shut your pie hole. They don't do anything about it. I have done one exit interview, and... My life, and I. Uh, I watched her give or it, receive guys. it. Which <laughs> it, it was, it, it was one that I took myself. Yeah. I have given exit interviews; they're very easy, um, at least for that thing. But it was, I went on five pages, single space, just mm-hmm. rant about why the company <laughs> I worked for was terrible and the worst, <laughs> and why they and broke listeners. my soul. <laughs> I saw all of it. <laughs> the phrase Stalinist quotas got used. Yeah. <laughs> so that they made a they made an HR um, offering to say what to do with an employee who sends you a five page single spaced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think I saw one of those yeah. in the pipeline. 
Yeah. No, no promo code for that one, though. Oh, no, of course not. Well, then I'm not signing up. Yeah. All right. So stay interview is basically, you know, you sit down with your employee and say, hey, what's working? What's not working? What, what's going on in your life? How's that? You know, stuff that you should know already. Right. Which right. is what you should Frankly. just, that should just be part of your regular experience. Right. Yes. right. Yeah. Some and people then, need to be reminded of that, Alfred. And, mm. and this, this is what I love about it. The benefits of stay interviews, because this is one of those sentences that this proves why you need an editor. <laughs> because the first sentence is they stimulate they sti- say it Alfred they stimulate the employee I feel like HR oh, should be involved if you're stimulating <laughs> your employees yes well clearly they are if you're getting it on yeah, this list in the and, wrong and way and they're limited to key employees that sounds like discrimination they're only stimulating key employees no and they include actions what doesn't include actions what actions. thing doesn't include <laughs> actions they're inexpensive so really? and 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 they're personalized. So oh. I don't know about you, but these stay interviews are sounding real skeezy. <laughs> they are. Point. Yes. So I think if we could summarize one thing about all these HR mm-hmm. episodes is that they love having bullet points with numbers attached to everything. Right. This yes. one has five key factors, four possible triggers. I feel like it's the Christmas song. Yeah. Five <laughs> key factors, four possible triggers. Three. Yeah, and eight something. It is really, <laughs> it is really like the the eight the eight, eight triggers of Shaolin or something. Yeah, yeah. it's and it well, happens every single time because then it, it 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 gives anybody taking these webinars the illusion that they could fix this problem themselves and that this is not just a whole industry made up of people who are just trying to get more money out of you right. by giving you garbage. And this last bullet point is weird. Develop a simple how to toolkit. There are two hyphens. Yeah. <laughs> there should only be whatever. That includes who to select, how and when to approach. Doesn't say what. Interview oh, formant? Wait. What, what the hell okay, does but that the last words. I think they meant format. Ah. Yeah, because oh. a formant is like yeah. how you make a sound <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with your mouth. It's a sibilant. You have yeah. to understand it's, an, it's, an ep- and, it's a glottal okay, stop. This is the part I love. <laughs> and how to handle possible resistance. This is a dating... This is a thing for like incels or something, yeah. isn't it? This like is develop okay. a how-to... Didn't I say this on Always Sunny? This is like the dentist <laughs> system. I have to find who to select, how and when to approach, what's my interview formant, Again, and, and how to handle resistance, you know, because of the implication. This seems like a... This entire... This is the skeeziest thing that we've ever read. It really yeah, is. It's, it's different. Like, maybe they should be doing... I, I know we're generally against self-policing, but maybe they should be doing a little more of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, okay. So, so to be fair, say interviews, or at least the idea of checking up on your employees, should be commonplace and mm-hmm. understood as something you should do in order to make sure that you're you know, workers are happy, healthy, and, and mm-hmm. well-adjusted. Yeah, but it's weird when you do it. I do that with my team. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I, Right, every, it is. It like, is. They hey, look at you suspiciously you? if you try, like, suggest that. Like, yeah. oh, you have you, to come you, into <laughs> the room and sit Captain America style on the chair and be like, so. <laughs> turn the cap around backwards. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, turning the chair backwards, too? Because that, that gets yeah. serious. You got to do the chair and the cap. Oh, chair and oh the cap boy. and be like, so, <laughs> what's going on in your life? I haven't seen you in five minutes. Yeah. Sometimes the coolest thing you can do is follow HR policies. <laughs> is that no. oh no, <laughs> not at all. Well, you sound like a narc there. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> well Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah, anyway, I know. <laughs> um, whom I adore. But the, the thing uh, here we go again with the comics opinions. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the thing is, th- yes, absolutely. If you are in a position of authority over somebody, the only way you can truly get feedback that is going to be in any way useful 
is anonymity. But then the problem is that you're also going to encourage a lot of people to give you feedback that is not going to be useful. Right. In many cases, it will be drawn and it will be anatomical. <laughs> and, and, so and, you and, and you cannot, unless you have a million employees, you're not getting anonymity. Right. Everybody, everything that right. people say, it's, it's obvious. And mm-hmm. they know this too. So you're never going to really right. get that. that. But right. it, it's one thing to do that if your employees are well paid <laughs> and have good benefits and can at least trust that you can't screw with them. But mm-hmm. it's another in most situations in this country where you're working with non-union labor that probably has crappy benefits that needs that job desperately. Yeah. And if they tell you this isn't working for me or something like that, now they have to worry that they've painted a target yeah. on yeah. themselves. There's going to be retaliation. Yeah, none of these are none of these go in the other direction. Everything is always mm-hmm. talking down to your employees to pretend that you're that they're actually talking to you. Right? Alfred, unironically, <laughs> that's actually a fantastic idea. To, to like make to like set down and, and let your employees grill you on what that. your choices that you mean. That's a fantastic idea. It'll never happen. It would never yeah. happen. Never. But <laughs> you just have to give the illusion that you're listening. That's yes. right. And but you don't have to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. This is the whole it's you put the ball in the employee's court. It's like open door policies. Yeah. Right. Sure. My yeah. door is open right. anytime, but nobody's no. going to come in because I've made it clear that I will do nothing yeah. on any of the things I'm told. But your door is open. Mm-hmm. It's your problem <laughs> if you don't come in. Anyway, obviously, we've been talking about stuff that's we sound angry. <laughs> we we might be a little <laughs> bit stressed out. And hey, clever segue. Uh, the third and possibly funniest in some ways email here. Stressed out. How to handle conflict, <laughs> difficult people, and challenging situations. It has the least words of all of these. Two, it really does. Which is it's, really it's very, surprising. It says, conflict is in, and this is italicized, inevitable part of life. No matter how hard you try, it can seem that there will always be something that causes you or someone around you to be frustrated, angry, and impatient, or a whole host of other not-so-pleasant emotions. The common denominator is you. Yeah. <laughs> someone around you to be so... What are we really saying? Yeah, you're, you're, you're a jerk, and nobody angry. likes you, and that's it. <laughs> well, and the thing they mention is that an overwhelming majority, 85% of employees at all levels, experience conflict to some degree. Who that's doesn't? just called being around people. <laughs> what yeah. are the 15% doing that aren't? They're I want their jobs, or they're locked in a basement. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> in a vegetative themselves. state. Yeah, and then there's uh, it says, and and of course that's not the real objection. The real objection is that that means we're losing 385 million working days spent every year just <laughs> dealing with conflict, and that apparently this means that if you're an HR employee of some sort, oh hey, finally use the word worker for an HR person. Um, <laughs> Half of them spend between one and five hours a week managing disagreement. Like it's their Ugh. dang jobs, guys. Yeah, that's kind of what you signed up to do. So the Hunger Games is really an accurate reflection of the workplace, then, is what <laughs> you're saying. Increasingly, yes. <laughs> because if that, if that's what we do all day. And then, so, so, so here we go. Okay. Uh, we have a numerological thing. Identify the top six, six. causes of conflict and which one produces the most problems. <laughs> Just freaking tell me. I feel like I want this to be like on the electric companies. Every time we say a number, I want a number to flash up somewhere like six. <laughs> it should be an educational show. Oh, my we God. This that. line. Can I read this in a line, which Noah? One? Decide if you're a shark, a turtle, or a teddy bear, or a fox, or owl. Wow. There's a lot of choices. Handle conflict. Or some unholy hybrid of any of them. This is just Harry Potter house business again. (laughs) Or Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Fox, Owl. That's five. Shark, Turtle, Teddy Bear, Fox, Owl. Okay, we got five there. What do we think, team? I'm Uh, thinking I'm a teddy bear. Pretty certain. Noah's a teddy bear. 
What's the most angry? See, sharks aren't really Shark. angry. They're, I think sharks are just doing what they do. I think no, I sharks think are just like, horrible think, that they do what I they do. I think they're supposed to be the aggressive ones. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. the aggressive ones that just plow through because they never stop moving, yeah. right? I think, that's a, I think I would be more on the fox. Not to suggest I'm clever or wily. It's that I'm always trying to get away with things unseen. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to hide from people and yeah. do the least amount of work and get the most out of it. So Hello? what's the owl supposed to be? I think it's the wise one. That's no, the one I think it's the one that's aloof and like trying to hide out and sleeps oh, during the day. Sleep. <laughs> and can turn their head completely yes. around. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I think my I favorite think this one. This is a dumb game. It is. Really? And you don't yeah. say. How you handle conflict. I need I, to bring this to work tomorrow and say, hey, guys. <laughs> I really game. wanted there to be like an alternate one that you could do that's like completely different animals. Which Pokemon are you? Yeah. It just sounds like a, is, this a, is this a fetish? Kind of thing going. Are we getting? Are we bordering on the furry thing? Because like, I don't, you know. okay, what was it? It's Learn. it's not great. I mean, we we've even got like it's it's all boilerplate. Just okay. Calm down. This stuff. there's a there's a training going on in my place of work that they invited people to, which is a time management training. It's all day. There is not a single day in my calendar for the next six months that I do not. It literally is all day. I don't know who has all day. What a good example of time management. Time management. All day. I love all day. That. That's, if you manage to get here, congratulations. If I could make passed. a day for all, I'd just take the day off. I wouldn't even bother. I would just goof yeah. off the whole day. Why would I? Yeah, no, the- that's dumb. <laughs> all day. Yeah. That's real dumb. We're, yeah. we're going to manage your time away. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, yeah, that's work. So now we've onboarded you. We've and we know you're staying. Yeah, we we gave you a stay interview. You told us what was working. You can't leave. Shut up. <laughs> no, that's conflict. Now we're. Uh, re- yeah, but, but yeah, but I'm a shark now. See, that's oh. the role I'm playing. Oh. <laughs> and I'm betting that after the stay interview and the onboarding process, what we've probably created is a force of mostly turtles and teddy bears, and we allow the occasional fox or owl to flourish. Unfortunately, if you're an HR worker, I, I want to reiterate that that's the one time they've used that word. I think in the entire time I've been reading these emails, and I've been reading a lot of them, <laughs> you might have a little bit of a problem if your paperwork isn't completely in order. We're going to tell you more about that after this break. If you're listening to this on the radio, congratulations. It's the exact middle point of the work week. If that doesn't make you feel any better, try listening to more Punching Out. All our past shows are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hey guys, welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Lou, joined this week by Noah. Hi y'all. And Alfred. Hello. We're doing Human Resentments Part 4. Okay, we have onboarded you. You've got conflicts, which hopefully is resolved. Everything's going well. But now you need to make sure your paperwork's in line. Otherwise, there will be consequences. All this paperwork. So much paperwork. There's just papers flying everywhere around the studio yes. right now as we're recording <laughs> this. Yes, it's like the wizarding world, but for HR people. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which is just kind of so, stupid. Why don't we... Let's start with the most general one, I think, and then we're going to drill down into a couple examples. Hey, Noah, one of these webinars took place yesterday. Did it? Yeah, June 5th. Oh, my God. 2019. Oh, we missed out, guys. Man, oh, well. we did. 
Well, I certainly, and I also recorded at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so you could have listened to Punching Out and then gone to this webinar if only we had let you know faster. So yeah, we let yeah. you down, guys. It's, it's our yeah, fault. It's our uh, fault. That's us. That's I'm us. Sorry. So like I was saying, let's start with the most general one just because it, it kind of establishes what the philosophy is going to be here. The title of this one is HR Documentation and Notice Requirements. If it's not written, it didn't happen. That was a blues song, I believe, in the 20s. It was, if it's not written, it... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's in Robert the age Johnson. of consent. This seems really yeah. N- no. So let me guess, <laughs> Noah, that this webinar is going to be about how if you don't work, they can't prove you didn't work. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a cool seminar that it would that I would so actually want to go to. This is this but is that's not, not what that no ah. no. This one is documenting events is a crucial task, and in some cases, not documenting them can lead to grim consequences. Grim they need to stop trying to make these sounds sexy. I just, yeah. I put my foot down. <laughs> That's just my voice. Anyway, <laughs> for example, did you know, <clears throat> sorry, I can't take this here. I can't say this with a straight face, but for example, did you know that not keeping track of employees with an apostrophe for some reason, did you know that not keeping track of employees hours is fatal to overtime cases? No kidding. Really, you don't say. I sometimes we do veer into severe Captain Obvious territory uh-huh. on these emails, but this might be like general obvious at this point. General obvious. Yeah. Did you know that not eating is the largest cause of malnutrition in the world? Yeah, if you take wow. away the murders, we actually have a very low crime rate. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you might be documenting items, but focusing on the wrong items. In this training program, the webinar instructor, so you know they didn't know who it was going to be, yeah, the, it, because they always put the name in. <laughs> it was whoever was available that yeah. day. We'll discuss what needs to be documented and what should be documented. Those are the same thing. That it strengthens employers' defenses in the event lawsuits are filed. <laughs> it, it strengthens they, their defenses. <laughs> yes. Because that's, as an employer, that is what you are. You are in a besieged castle, <laughs> and there are trebuchets that launch lawsuits. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you yeah. Know. You get bombarded with them all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. why are we trying to make this sound sexier than it is? <laughs> because it, this is otherwise extremely dry. I mean, it, it, it really so is. Boring. Why stay in compliance? Be- to who, who are they saying that to? Your job. <laughs> yeah. Just How many of these can just be answered with "It's your job"? That's yes. what you're supposed to do. Answer all of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what information uh, does the government require you to keep for overtime cases? Again, probably the relevant one. Right. Uh, how do you use documentation to prove? I love this. How do you use documentation to prove FLSA exemptions? For those of you unfamiliar with the acronym, that is the Fair Labor Standards Act. So what they're saying is how you as an HR person can help your boss not have to comply with a, with a particular law because in this country, I think um, a few episodes ago, I was recording with Zoe and she pointed out that in America, we worship the small business tyrant. So mm-hmm. if you're if you as an employer have fewer than fifty employees, or in some cases the limit can be as low as four, as we'll see soon, um, you don't have to follow the law anymore. Yeah. You're you allowed to yeah. break what the law. Whatever you want. You don't have to pay people like overtime, you don't have to give them leave, you don't have to give them benefits, you don't have to do anything. And if you're like and in in that case, it was if you're renting like a small amount of houses, you can be straight up racist oh, as yeah. long as you live in yeah. the house. 
So there's this whole thing <laughs> wow. about if you're if you're not Amazon or Walmart, if you're you know what everyone's supposed to be the proprietor of a mom and pop store. Never mind that this is statistically impossible for that to happen. But if everyone's what they're supposed to be, none of them would ever have to follow the law, which is obviously what these people want. In the mm-hmm. Right. Because the law is ultimately inconvenient. It's Historically, annoying. has been inconvenient to employers. It's annoying. And sadly, as we'll find out shortly, like more and more the, the Department of Justice and the Labor Department have made it easier for companies, big and small, to just do whatever the heck they want to their employees. Are you saying they're in cahoots? Is there a cahoots oh happening? God, it might be. Well, it especially now. Uh, recently, it, it came out that, I guess, um, I forget his name, the Secretary of Labor, who... Whatever heck the his name, name is. Yeah, Acosta, I think it is. The point is... <laughs> that person. Hey, they're um, all interchangeable. Yeah, they have equally basically. no well, qualifications. What, so what's the, her face? The... the Belle Biv DeVos? Uh, <laughs> no, one of the ladies. Uh, Margaret Cho? Chow? Elaine Chow. Elaine Chow. Margaret Cho is a comedian. Oopsie. Yeah. Who, who is more qualified. Yes. Probably. And would be much yeah, better been, fit to lead than anybody in there. She's been the head there. of like three or four different departments. Uh, Secretary of Labor, I think, on their George Transportation. W. Wasn't she? Now transportation. transportation. And she's, yeah. it's Mitch McConnell's wife, is wife, that? Yeah, yeah, that lady. That's, that's just a coincidence. That yeah. lady. Had nothing to do with anything. Well, uh, so the Labor Secretary apparently has been too slow in implementing the administration's agenda. And so now Mick Mulvaney, who I think uh-huh. is chief of staff or something right now, is just taking over the department, basically, which is a thing he's not allowed to do. That's real constitutional. That's not how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. The point is, like, this this whole webinar is unsurprising, just a way to, to be like, well, okay, just make sure you do all this paperwork, and then basically they can't sue you. Yes. Which and, should be abolished. Well, so here's the worst part of it. Say that you are the stereotypical mom-and-pop business owner. Say that... You want to be nice to your employees because you understand that the labor landscape that we live in here is a hellscape and you want to make their lives a little bit better. So say, for example, that um, one of your employees needs to go take care of a sick family member and they have paid leave and then they also want to take their FMLA leave. It used to be that, well, you could help them out. You could put a package together for them that would – a, save their job and allow them to get paid as much as possible while they're off doing that. And then the Department of Labor stepped in. So we've got the DOL, Department of Labor, new FMLA, that's Family and Medical Leave Act, opinion letter, what you must know. So quick recap, FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, is a federal law that basically means if your employer qualifies for it, which means they have to have like 45 employees uh at minimum within 75 miles of one another, then you, the employee, can be given up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave to take care of a family member, your own illness, bond with your child, whatever. It's the closest thing that we have in this country to paid, it's obviously not paid leave, but you know maternity leave, which is basically you have 12 weeks, ready, set, go, And if you're not back by 12 weeks, we get to fire you. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, unpaid leave. It's completely barbaric. So what did the Department of Labor, why do we care about this opinion letter? What did the Department of Labor decide here? Ugh, they, ugh, I'm so mad. Okay, so if you work for a really 
let's say, let's just call it what it is compared to other things. If you have a very generous employer who has some kind of paid leave package, let's say they give you six weeks paid leave. A lot of people, what they would do, that's extremely generous and you would have to be working for, you know, making well into the six digits in order to be qualifying for this leave usually. Um, Let's say they give you six weeks paid leave. Historically, what they've let you do is they'd say, okay, well, we'll give you the six weeks paid and then if you still need time after that, that's when you can use your FMLA. You're no longer paid at that point, but we, we won't fire you. The Department of Labor has said, no, you can't do that. That that's not allowed. You're you just it's not just that they don't recommend it. You are not allowed to do that. If you're gonna take FMLA, you have to take it before or concurrently to any kind of other paid leave, which is awful. I am so mad about this. And just to stress this, this is contingent on you as the employer. So you cannot be more generous to your employees mm-hmm. than the than what the strict definition of the law says. Right. So if, if you want to stack your employees' leave in such a way that you could do what Lou was just talking about, you can't do that anymore. Nope. You can't. You can't stack the leave. I don't even know what the implications would be for New York State because uh, New York State has the paid family leave, mm-hmm. which would give you, I think this year, I want to say two-thirds of your, your paycheck up to a certain amount per per week that they would give you for, I think, eight weeks, 10 weeks, something like that. I don't know how that would stack. Like, I think you would have to take FMLA before you did PFL, which is just banana stupid and deliberately harmful to workers. There's no reason to do this other than to force people to come back to work earlier than they would otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's just cruel. Like, there's no other word for it. I'm ranting at this point, but I am so mad about this. It makes no sense whatsoever. It goes against what employers want. It, it, it absolutely goes against what employees would want or want to be able to do. Like, who wants to go 12 weeks without pay in order to get to the other side of six weeks with pay? Mm-hmm. Like, you could take it concurrently, but you're still only going to get your 12 weeks. Like, it's bananas. And it's just evil. It's straight up evil. Like, I can't even make a joke about it because it's just... <laughs> I know, it's really like, grim. Like, I, I know, know. we, we like, took a nosedive from, you know, fun, happy times to, to like, me going ballistic. But it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, I think it's a classic case of labor policy in the United States is crap. It has been crap forever. It's getting more crap now because I think for a lot... Number one, we have an administration that is, let's call it what it is, uh, at the service of the employer and the boss and the owner. But also, there is this idea in the U.S. that, you know, if you work for somebody, you just kind of follow the policies and it kind of works out and blah, blah, blah. And there's supposed to be this idea that your employer and you can always find a way to work it out. Yeah, I and think this this overwhelming draconian sort of set of rules, and, and this has been happening for, mm-hmm. This is not new. This kind no. of thing has just been no. on and on. I think it's. I think it's sort of a, a reaction to the fact that the workplace becomes more diverse, right. and they hate that. Um, there are more women in workplaces yeah. and in, in more positions that are not just, you know, the clerk typist kind of thing. And I think their their backlash is how do we legally screw all the people who yeah. we didn't want here in the first place? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and and to be honest, the people writing this this decision, everything, they're never going to work in a right. situation like this ever no, again. No, they're not going to have any more kids because they're old. They're real old. 
They're old. <laughs> they can easily retire if they feel like, oh, well, I just need some time off. Okay, I guess I'm just done working forever now. Mm-hmm. Bye. And they'll have the most golden <laughs> parachute. They really yeah. are old. I'm, you had to, they had to translate this out of the original cuneiform. <laughs> mm, that's, that's, uh, no. Oh, yeah. that explains the fart joke in the third line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's needlessly cruel. And but who, it's What's the just, recourse? There isn't because it's just the Department of Labor just going, hey, that's that's how it is now, guys. Yeah. The, re- the recourse is what the hashtag resistance wants to do with everything else, which is you sue and you bring it to the attention of the courts somehow. Yeah, yeah like like that's going to matter. Yeah. Like you know, there isn't frozen the trucker that's massively, justice. Yeah. yeah frozen I, trucker justice. Like, <laughs> yeah, this makes sense. This is, this is totally legit. I like this. It's fine. Yeah. But this, the, the whole system of HR yeah. is, is to find all the legal ways to get away with all the cruelty. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a Title IX officer is not well, there right. to, to protect you. They're there I to protect the institution. I will say with the, the phrasing of this webinar, it seems to me that the people, that the HR people are, are, are themselves a little surprised at how dumb this ruling is <laughs> yep. and how how backwards bananas it is because it just it's stupidly like you know if if you are a worker that is lucky enough to get some amount of paid leave and then you can't use it like this makes no sense for the people who write these kind of things yeah because i'm sure these hr workers haha are are at some extent, ex- also <laughs> subject to this, yeah. like they probably get some kind of paid leave Absolutely that they can't true. use now. And you know that's that's why so. they will understand how to. Uh, what is? Did I just read? It says tips on counting a twelve month. Period. Yeah, it's just, I was just going to say that and write it, a book. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> Wait, why. why. That's actually a really good theory because mm-hmm. maybe that explains a lot about this. Yeah. Well, look at the rest of it. Understanding the legal definition of a serious health condition. Okay, it's a serious health condition. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that it needs to be qualified or uh, learn the definition of parent, spouse, and child. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's all right. We can be there's nebulousness and there's if, a, some ambiguity, but but I I, I don't think it yeah. really needs a lot of explanation. It's I think. Again, I go back to this. I think it's this assumption that if, if you're the kind of person that thinks this policy is a good idea, which you don't exist, you th- if you're the kind of person that thinks this policy is a good cool. idea, it's just you want to screw over oh, yeah. your employees. But I think you sit there knowing that you cheat on your taxes, that you cheat probably on your spouse, <laughs> that you cheat at everything you have ever done, and you assume that your employees are also cheating but, you. Well, no, yeah. that's be, but they, they're not cheating because they make the rules, and they yeah. simply adapt the rules to their cheating, which is why we have almost the entire banking industry. Everything is the adaptation to yeah. the cheat. So they, you're cheating, though, because yeah. you don't make the rules. You're violating things, but... That makes perfect we're sense. Just, yeah. We're just enabling ourselves to be more successful at the things that we do. Mm-hmm. It's not cheating. I mean, to be fair, I think there is a segment of the population that straight up says, "Like, no, if it's not, uh, you know, I can do it because I'm getting away with it, and that's exactly. yeah. that's the ultimate as long goal. As I don't like, get caught. who cares? Right. Who cares if it's cheating or not, or if they're making the rules? They they want to be immune from consequences. Well, that's it. All but th- anything, that's it. Yeah, accountability is the thing you have to try to you know wiggle away from. Mm-hmm. Right? Ah, no, please tell me the next letter's better. Um, <laughs> pregnancy in it the workplace. <laughs> So we were talking, Alfred, you were saying that for the current administration and really for a lot of people, not even in just the current administration, the reaction to the workplace getting more diverse is, okay, well, let's figure out how to screw all of our employees over so that we can screw the ones that we didn't want there in the first place. Yeah. So on that note, pregnancy in the workplace, understanding the new laws on accommodations for pregnancy and lactation. And this one, I think... 
for the most part, is fairly anodyne. But there's a couple things there that... Hey. What is the interactive process? Oh, that is required. <laughs> I didn't read the rest. That was required when a pregnant employee requests a reasonable accommodation. Okay, I was a little... Well, that still sounds used. weird. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. That's, model, that's lacta- model lactation accommodation. Like, do you Corset have to phrase. go with them to the doctor's appointment? I don't understand. Yeah, and... It's I, I do love that it starts this way. If you thought you understood your obligations from a legal perspective of handling a pregnant employee in your workplace, think again. Handling. First of all, why are you handling a pregnant employee? <laughs> yeah. Stop that. I mean, how many times do pregnant women be like, yeah, just people come up and randomly touch my belly? Yeah, that's yeah, not okay. That's, <laughs> they should stop doing that. Uh, Joe, Is that Bi- the Joe Biden process? thinks it's fine. <laughs> Therefore, it's okay. He has never done anything wrong ever in his life. That Correct. is not me quoting a comedy character. That's a thing he said. <laughs> he I, never. He's never exaggerated once in his entire life. Never. 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 So they say the rules are changing so quickly and blah, blah, blah. And I guess... Um, oh, a normal pregnancy is not a disability. I, I, where does that? Oh, because okay, but having a kid is a disability. Because well, be, yeah, because and you can't go on to disability yeah, for having a kid. Yeah, short term disability. It's defined as short term disability. Oh, I wonder how that, that right? affects your FMLA taking disability badly. Oh, taking I'll answer it, that in yeah. one word. I'm sorry, that thing made me mad. Well, because it's very stupid and very evil, so it it kind of exists at the perfect intersection of what we do here on human resentments. Anyways, let's talk about babies. That's yeah, the person delivering them. this is—I I mean, I don't know—was sent out by a lawyer. <laughs> delivering, so the, yeah. yes, the lawyer. Um, I don't know if they have a uh, developmental specialist or some person who might actually understand any of the mechanics of anything. OBGYN, but I'm guessing maybe. it'll be a. This is written by man. a real boob. Yeah. Oh Stop. wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys love me. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyways, okay. So, so the point is of this letter that. You need to be careful when interacting with your pregnant ladies because they could just, you know, turn around and sue you or something. Yeah. It, like I said, it's fairly anodyne. It's just one yeah. particular example of how every one of these policies is just nickel and dime to absolute hell. So mm-hmm. in, in you almost sense that the person writing this is angry at New York, <laughs> both the state and the city, <laughs> for trying to actually, I don't know, provide accommodations for pregnant uh, women. Okay, in, in there's a thing that says reasonable break time for nursing moms. What is required? The reasonable break time should be until they are done. Yeah, when yeah. they decide they are done. That's what reasonable Which is not means. dictated right. necessarily. It's this is not this. Try peeing and then stopping mid-flight. Sometimes you <laughs> can't. Kegel. Right. Oh yeah. Well. Okay. Moving on. The point is, who, what person is going to judge this, and how do you implement that judgment? Like, yeah. knock, knock, your, your time is up. What? Put your boobs away. Put them away. So here's the deal. Uh, we've talked about all of these topics, and like I said, we would eventually get to the email that convinced me that we needed a fourth installment of Human Resentments because it is honestly the worst thing I have ever read. <laughs> We'll tell you about that when we come back from this break. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hey guys, welcome back to Punching Out. Uh, I'm still Lou. Good news. Hi, nice to see you all. 
Um, Noah, you were going to, you were just on the break. You were telling us about this, the worst thing you have ever read in your entire existence. I, can you, can you do us a favor? Can you paint the picture of what was going on when you read this, the worst thing in existence? Sure can, Lou. Picture it. A brisk, colder than average May morning. I got in, opened the windows, uh, sat down at my computer, checked the spam inbox because that's where these things land because I finally got tired of them cluttering up my regular inbox. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the titles of the different human resources emails. I'm like, eh, unobjectionable, normal. We've read that one before. Oh, I guess they're doing that one again. That hasn't come up in a while. And then I saw this one. And I have never felt, you know, I would wondered in previous days whether we'd ever get to do one of these again. I was like, the, the hits just aren't coming anymore. <laughs> There's just something has happened. Something is rotten in the state of human resources. I mean, we knew that, but, you know, it's, it's even worse. They're not even fun anymore. And then I saw this one, and I've never felt like the entire monkey's paw curled at the same time. <laughs> but I saw this title, and I immediately knew. I mean, I don't care what we have to do to do this fourth episode, but we are talking about this. Save because the best for last. Best is it's one not a word, word we could use. Okay. It, it's not good. It, it's suboptimal at best. <laughs> so here we go. Be ready for ice. Employers' compliance obligations, how to conduct and internal I-9 audit. Not an internal I- mm. whatever. How to, and how to internal. correct your errors. 2019 updates. In case you're not familiar with ICE, that's Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. That's the people that put people in camps. And Concentratedly. Yes. Yes. In, in, in many different concentrations. Mm. You might almost say in too much concentration in most of them. <laughs> I think that's probably always true anyway. That's Yeah, that's a good point. So this is what we've got. The DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and Immigration Control Enforcement, ICE, the enforcement arm of DHS, increased their efforts 100% to increase I-9. I love how they still One, have to do the percentage talk. 100%. 100%. To increase I-9 audits to employers... Sorry, I said that wrong. Increase I-9 audits to employers yes. nationwide. <laughs> As a capital E, because they're a different class of people, obviously. Over 5,200 audits were conducted, and several arrests of employers were made. <laughs> More audits are expected via warrants and notification of inspection. should say notifications, but whatever. But this is where it gets... This is where the white-hot fury yeah. starts. <laughs> Are you prepared for ICE police to knock on your door? Let me tell you whose door they're generally knocking on. It's not an employer. It's a scared person who is almost certainly not white. The one Irish guy they kicked out of Massachusetts notwithstanding. And their entire family who are then deported many times to a country that they have not been in for 20, 30 years or since they were born. Yeah. I like it when um, the stories are coming out in the past year about how employers would call ICE on their employees that tried to do workman comp claims. They'd be like, oh, you want to do that? Okay, well, ICE is just going to come after you. Employers (laughs) were calling ICE on their own employees? Yeah. But I thought, but but what it says here is that employers are the real victims. (laughs) This is, how do you pass the buck on to 
the peep. <laughs> yeah. 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 If yeah. they knock on your door, just trickle down. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not hard. Honestly, if you're an employer, I'll stop that now. If you're <laughs> if you employ people and you end up getting carted off in handcuffs by ICE, you probably forgot to bribe the right agent. Yeah. And you, your employees employees may yeah. applaud this. Frankly, if you've been arrested by ICE or any other fun federal government and you're an employer, you are a sex trafficker. That's that's like the only thing is <laughs> if you right. have done something bad enough to actually get arrested, you are yeah. just beyond the pale. You you, you didn't just to forget like, to like dot some eyes on your I9. Because I was about to say, yeah. you know what else doesn't after we just talked about the importance of correct paperwork? You know what tends not to save people from immigration and customs enforcement in this country? Correct paperwork. Correct. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. They don't care. No. No, you know what? If you actually up until this moment, I would say if you asked me, how could we Noah, what's the only way we could make ice worse? I would say staff it full of human resources. Start people. sticking. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. But now I'm thinking no, because the human resources people might actually, given the worship of paperwork that they apparently have, <laughs> might actually be less trigger happy with this stuff. Oh, yeah. this, instead of the actual horrendous this, war criminals. This we would have be there. an unholy bureaucratic synergy. Right. <sighs> so this whole webinar. And it's one, it's a scare tactic. Be like, be aware of ice. Ah, you know, <laughs> you could be in trouble because of, of this. It's not going to happen. But okay. So an I-9 is that document that when you start a new job, you have to sign that it's basically your authorization to work. You have to have proof of residency yep. in some capacity, which for most people means you have your driver's license and your social security number. They take a photocopy of it. Your employer fills it out. They fill it out the day you start working. And that's why you always have to bring your social security card to your first day of work. Passport works as well. It's it's very annoying to fill out. Well, it says here, how should they be effectively corrected? But even funnier <laughs> to me is how should I-9 documents be purged? So, for example, if you need to call Immigrations and Customs Enforcement <laughs> on your own employees <laughs> because they got hurt on the job right. and you this don't want to like... give them anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, okay. Making if the you rules. Were, mm-hmm. Again, devil's advocate, if you were in the position to have – legal ramifications for not having an I-9 filled out or whatever. It's not because you didn't fill out the paperwork correctly, which is what this em- this webinar is about. It's because you are trying to underpay people and so mm-hmm. hiring people who may not be documented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they deserve jobs and everything and you're being a scummy person for not paying them what they're worth in the first place. Well, and the webinar is pretty explicitly key to helping you be a scummy person because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at these bullet points. Learn what types of errors have the highest fines. Right. So that's the problem, that oh. you're going to have yeah. to pay. It's just risk assessment. Yeah. yeah. Ensure it you is. have the most correct <laughs> I-9 forms that is required, that are that required. That is required. Good God, guys. What has changed? I love oh, this, this because this is, is the, the most general way. This, this is, the, is the most. What has changed in the most recent focus with the new political administration? Every, <laughs> everything. I wonder. Maybe that they stopped being quiet about it. Yep. Yep. I mean, this was happening for a long time. Oh, yeah. They, these mm-hmm. audits have been happening. I see exists. It has existed since the beginning of the 21st century. Yeah, not that long. Well, before they were ICE, you had Lamiga, you had the you had INS, right? Yeah. It's, they... But at least you could argue that centralizing both the function of ICE proper and the naturalization part of it, maybe, maybe it didn't. But in a country that made sense, right? Yeah. 
it would help soften the enforcement arm. It would help them realize, hey, we're around to help people yeah. actually acclimate and so on. But once you separated out ICE as a police agency from any For, other duties. You mean it's an ethnic cleansing militia with yeah. no, it's thought, no accountability Gestapo. whatsoever, correct? Yep. And it's part of Homeland Security. We have a relationship with Homeland Security because apparently it's, it's an issue of security, not simply yeah. human beings trying to live. As, as the great Robin Williams once said, you know, the fact that we didn't use fatherland was uh, <laughs> probably a last minute kind right. of Right, they erased it. No. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but that's the thing. It's, this is a webinar that is trying to soften what is evil. Yeah. In some of the other ones, it's been evil, but it's been evil of a type that we are so familiar with and that you are familiar with no matter where you work, no matter for whom you work, no matter how long you work. But this is a particular thing that a lot of us don't ever think about. We don't think about how much of our food ultimately comes from the labor of undocumented people, how much of the services that we take for granted every day are done by undocumented people. We take it – we take their presence for granted while many of us insist that they are here taking our jobs or while many of us think that it's okay to stand up for them because they work harder than we do because that's obviously the measure of a human being. Yeah. And this this person, Concerned person is trying to make this sound like a failure of paperwork. And mm -hmm. that's not really going to what's work. This, what's that? It's Brazil. Right, it's, the, it's Brazil. It's the movie Brazil. Ah, Not yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Like, no. Well, though, although Bolsonaro being where who he is, yeah. it's, it's actually we're not far from that, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't seem like one much this for paperwork. Paperwork is not his thing. Yeah. No, it's the opposite. More well, bullets. To, you know, you, you, <laughs> bureaucracy without paperwork is as bad as bureaucracy with paperwork. Good yes. point. It's just as violent in the end. As you said, Alfred, it's just literally it's all risk assessment. How is the right way to correct how? I-9 documents? Yeah, very how carefully. Is the, how, how is the right way? That's and how. How, <laughs> yeah, the right way. Uh, and, <laughs> and save your company from unnecessary violations. What is the minimal risk employers have when – sorry, I couldn't resist. When establishing an I-9 document correction and storage process. And in case you're wondering, by the way, documents is also occasionally capitalized. I'm mentally putting the 72-point air quotes around all of them because at this point I might as well be. But – and then these last two questions are the ones that, again, mm. I mean, why are most employers unclear about completing the new I-9 form? Because it's a new piece of paperwork that they're not used why? to yet. Why don't and you know what you don't actually idiots. know? And, yep. and then why are most HR professionals or those responsible for processing I-9 documents still violating the request for document section? See above. <laughs> yeah. It's unfamiliar and, quite frankly – if you're – most people working for HR are there to protect the company. They're not there to care about the employee. Right. And unfortunately, this is one of the few times where you as an employer might be exposed to some amount of risk based on what you do or don't do. Although, again, with the Department of well, Labor that we have. The, what are the fines? Because there's, there is the risk assessment, which is, well, if I'm paying this person garbage – and yeah. I get a fine. Who yeah. cares? Who cares? It's like companies that you know figure it's it's cheaper to settle mm -hmm. than of actually course. have any real policies or anything. Catholic like Church. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Disney. Anyway. <laughs> it's gross. You're right. No, I'm sorry. This was something that you had to be subjected to. 
It's weird to have these things connected with labor. I feel like like with HR. I, yeah. I'm I've been wondering who these are really targeting. This these these emails, these these seminars, because large corporations doesn't seem like it seems like it's the small to mid sized business or the small to mid sized company that yeah. this is really. Where where yeah. their HR function is is sometimes just someone who happens to be the only person who has had any experience in HR who gets that position, yeah. just because they need somebody, and then they force you to have to learn how to do these things. So mm-hmm. this is their way of onboarding yeah. their uh, HR person. See, my my theory was that it was if you're an HR person, this is your professional development. So this is how mm-hmm. this, these are things that you put on your resume. These are things that eventually, hopefully, land you a better job with a bigger company that'll pay you better. Or a smaller company that'll pay you better. Who cares about that part? None of these things are sustained. The thing is, these. Th- how many of these have you seen in in the last oh, couple of years? God. Hundreds, dozens, many dozens. Yeah. These hundreds. Are not, these are not sustainable. People take these and then uh, you know for a week afterwards they try to implement something, but in the end of the day you go back to the same habitual things you do. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. This is a checklist. This is it's yeah. it's, it's called. I'm a consultant and I'm going to make money yeah. telling you how to do. I, if all I have to do is new, I just have to n- make numbers. If I just if I can make a seminar on five ways to do things, I could just do one that yeah. says five ways to do things. <laughs> I mean, I've done I've done oh, the God. I've done a couple of the teaching ones, and I can uh-huh. tell you, if it's something that I already <laughs> knew the material to, I do what many of my students do when they think they know the material. They don't. <laughs> I fall asleep, of course, because you're there to check off a box. You're there to meet a requirement that says you have to do this amount of professional yeah. development or continuing education or whatever the hell you want to call right. it. It's, it's, it's there to check off a box, but it's also fundamentally there to enforce the the stereotypes that employers at large and, and especially wealthier people have about workers in general, that they're lazy, that they're going they're trying to screw you over somehow, that they don't deserve the accommodations that you they're requesting and you need to know how to deny them that they're just arguing and just malingering all the time mm-hmm. that they are uh, illegals who are going to get you in trouble and arrested and so so not only are these useless webinars they are reinforcing the status quo right that's what i kind of wanted to end on that even if you admit that they're useless checklist items that you just do because you're asked to do them you know every time i think this is as evil as they're going to get. This is as bad as they're going to get. You know, within a week, I get one that proves me wrong. But I legitimately never saw this one coming. Yeah. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, maybe it's because the companies that I get these from mm. don't deal with that area much or whatever. But if anything, that almost makes it more reflective of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Noah's right. This, is, this, this creates the atmosphere, the ecological system wherein this is normal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. you walk into a workplace like I'm astounded by this because I can't imagine that work. Like I've, I'm, I'm older than you all. I've been working for forty, almost forty years, thirty-five years. I can't imagine this being something that's that serious. All these things pollute the air, and so our conversations, HR conversations, used to be different things, and some of them have improved for the better. You know, sexual harassment and things where you can actually talk about, but this. This is a whole other league of stuff. This mm-hmm. is this. This does take it. I feel like it's. I can in my head. I see people being carted off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 
Nazi era carted off and yeah. you might as well just stick a or ideally I think the, the position that they're they're aiming for is that not that they're carted away from you because then that would reflect badly on, on you but that you can ignore the problem altogether exactly that, that the, the people impacted most by the actions of ICE and the current administration don't enter your realm because right. you've done your paperwork correctly yeah. you just you yes just, you so just you can completely yeah you inoculate yourself but, but that you have to say problem. yeah and, and worst of all if you have haven't done your paperwork correctly, you are the person who is going to suffer the smallest consequences. Right. But according to this webinar email, you'd be the real victim here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the image, this idea of are you ready for ICE police to knock on your door? <laughs> Again, they're not going to knock on your door. They're going to respectfully request an appointment with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people they're going to raid are your yeah. employees. Yeah. It's not knock on the door. It's bust the yeah. door it's down. It's bust the door with, down. Shoot with the guns dog, blazing. Walk in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's they'll it's, be lucky to escape with their lives. It's and meanwhile, you get to sit in your office and worry. Yeah, it's creating people who are complicit with the horrors that are going on in our current administration and and the world we live in. And you're complicit because it's what's legal, right? Yeah. Right? Legal does not mean moral. No, and it's no. very it's very malleable. And very arbitrary. I mean, literally, the word arbitrary mm -hmm. comes from that, right? It's this yep. is all malleable. And literally, there's nothing absolute. So you're right, and and all of these things can just change and adapt to again to give the hegemony the ability yep. to make the rules that allow them to weed out who they want weeded out. You will always be the victim of something if you are supposed to be weeded out. Mm -hmm. And it, I can't think of a more fitting if we never get to have another one of these installments. Uh, I can't alive. think of a more fitting end than that, that if you are somebody who works in human resources and you feel like we've beaten up on your job a lot in this episode, I'm sorry, but your job kind of deserves it. Yeah. Because yeah. through these webinar emails, what we're trying to tell you is that you're being made complicit in some of the worst abuses of labor that this country has ever perpetrated. And I can't think of a worse one than co-opting you into... Um, it's deputizing them. Yeah. yeah. Into making As you... immigration an, enforcement people. Yes. Yeah, you're becoming an unofficial agent for the Border Patrol. I hope you're happy with that. Time to melt the ice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry we couldn't end on our usual positive note, but sometimes there is no positive note to be had. So for this week, I'm Noah. I'm Lou. I'm Alfred. And this was Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.